You're listening to the Scaling Culture Podcast, where we sit down with thought leaders who share their experiences building incredible workplace cultures. Beth Miller is the founder of Executive Velocity, an organization that provides expert advice on leadership capabilities and succession planning. On today's episode, she discusses the assessment process, the importance of understanding potential, and why leaders should give serious thought to their own succession planning efforts. Welcome to another episode of Scaling Culture Podcast. Today, uh, our guest, Beth Miller. We're very excited to have you. Beth, Beth, welcome. Well, thank you. I've been looking forward to this. Yeah, us as well. And uh, so Beth is with Executive Velocity. Uh, and Beth, what, where are you out of? Where are you located right now? I hear that, I hear that Canadian accent, out. <laughs> yes, where are you out so, of? I'm from the South. <laughs> oh, nice. I don't uh, have a Southern accent. Atlanta, Atlanta, Atlanta Georgia. Georgia. I love, um, love Georgia. Originally, though, from the Boston area. So a lot closer to where, where you're right. from. Yeah. Yeah. We're about eight hours, I think, from Boston. So, so look, I, I, I want to kind of go back to the beginning. What got you into what you're doing now? Can you oh, give God. us the story of what, what got you into uh, executive velocity? What problem were you solving? What did you see to, to, to go into that? Yeah. Business? So, um, I found Vistage, the yeah. CEO membership organization, um, similar to EO. I had been a, a member of EO back when my husband and I had an accounting temporary service and consulting firm in mm-hmm. back in the um, 90s. And uh, we had sold our business and I was looking for something to do other than volunteer work. Um, right. Love volunteer work, but there's only so much you can do. Mm-hmm. and found Vistage back in 2006. Found it as in you, you, you discovered it, you started it? I, no, no. Vistage has been around for 50 plus years. Okay. I was introduced to Vistage. Okay, got it. Um, and the way Vistage works, a little different than EO, is Vistage has chairs yes. who actually facilitate the meetings, whereas yep. EO itself facilitated. Yeah, yeah. And... The other part of the program is that uh, members receive executive coaching, business Mm -hmm, coaching mm -hmm. um, every month. So I found my my new world of Vistage, which incorporated helping businesses grow, helping leaders grow. So you were the coach, Beth? You were actually the... Yes, I was was a facilitator and coach. Got it, got it. Yes, I had... I had four groups at one point. Wow. So over the last uh, 14 years, I have worked with over 100 businesses, Mm. um, business owners, small, privately held, anywhere from, you know, 20 employees upwards of 300, 400 employees. Wow, broad range. Yeah. And uh, as I started working for Vistage, I realized how much... I loved the work. Mm. Uh, so I started Executive Velocity. So I was paralleling Vistage and uh, Executive Velocity for, for quite some time. Got it. And uh, Executive Velocity is uh, a broad, broader than just the, the coaching and facilitation. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. How, I, how I got into the work. No, oh, excellent. Yeah. And so I know you have um, one piece of what you do is assessments. Yes. So is that assessments at all levels, C-level? What does that look like? Yes, it's, it's at all levels. And um, 
there are different types of assessments. So, um, and it, it depends on, on what I am using assessment for. So mm -hmm. um, if it's about developing, you know, high potentials, um, executives, one of the assessments that I'll use is a 360. Okay. Which, um, for your listeners, if, if they don't, haven't heard of 360, it's really getting multi-raters to provide you feedback on the core competencies of um, leadership within the organization. So does that, is that like you're hiring a new COO and you go through this process before you hire to see, no, to see what you're no, looking that, for? Right. The, uh, the 360 is, is specifically for development. Okay. It's not for hiring. Now, I use other assessments for hiring purposes. Okay. And um, the important thing to remember about uh, hiring assessments is number one, have one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, but make sure that it's validated for hiring. There are a and lot of assessments out there that aren't validated um, for hiring purposes. How do you validate an assessment? The, the, um, the actual tool and the owner company that owns it will validate it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So there's, um, there's actually one tool that I use, um, not exclusively, but probably 80% of the time mm -hmm. when it comes to hiring and that's uh, business DNA. Okay. And it actually is, was started by an EO member here in Atlanta. Oh, wow. Yeah. And the, the research comes out of Georgia tech. So they've, they've probably assessed like 2 million people. So there's mm -hmm. a lot of data behind it, mm -hmm. but it, but it, um, it helps with hiring per hiring as well as development. Okay. So that was one of the reasons I chose it was because it, it allowed a company to have one tool. Got it. Use and it allowed then the company to have a, a single language around uh, behavior and personality. Which is important, especially yes. for cultures. And, and how, you know, with every culture being different, what have you seen um, from an assessment or what, what's the important when you're going through the assessment of a candidate to make sure they're a cultural fit? You have strategies Ooh, around that. That's, that is a great question. What, uh, what we do up front is when I'm working with a client is mm -hmm. we will, um, We'll take a look at the values of the organization. Their core values. Right. Yeah. And, and then if they haven't yet identified the behaviors that support those values, mm. then we, we clearly um, go through and define what kind of behaviors are we looking for that would relate to accountability or right. client focus or what, you know, whatever. Those behaviors, then, we will map to the assessment. The assessment will measure certain things like um, planned, creative, mm -hmm. uh, content. And so we'll, we'll match behaviors to those, those factors within the okay. business DNA profile. So the process of making sure you understand the behaviors and then looking at that, is it that same assessment tool? And then you say, okay, we've got a match. We've got a match. Correct. We, yeah. In fact, I was working with a client yesterday. Um, they're growing rapidly. 
a marketing firm yep. and um, they're hiring a lot of um, content um, creators. Mm-hmm. So we profiled the, their, their current employees yep. using the, the assessment. And, they take um, it first. Right. And then said, okay, these, these are the areas that we really need to be looking for in applicants. Now, how do they know that they're profiling the right people? I always feel like when you profile your current employees, in some cases, they might not be the right. You might be getting the profile of, 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 of someone who meets the standard today, but not what you're looking for in the future. Am I getting that wrong? Okay. So um, that's, that gets back to the core competency model. Mm-hmm. And um, a I don't do a robust model with smaller companies. It's, it's, it's just overkill for right, them. Right. Uh, what we look for is, okay, here are the core competencies. Uh, but as it relates to your question around the, um, the ability to, to grow, yeah. right? And, and okay, so they're competent at this level um, from a core competency, but mm-hmm. we need to get them to X level. Right. Okay. That's, that's when we start ta- talking and evaluating about potential mm. versus performance. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that comes into, um, it's, that's a key factor in succession planning is right. identifying your high potentials and understanding their, their current gaps right. and developing to those. And let's break that down. I know that is, you know, something near and dear to you. You're passionate about it. You obviously it's a big part of your business. So, so how do you, how do you figure that out? Here's where you are today, Ron. But let me figure out where your potential is. How do you do that? Um, for an individual? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, there, the, the steps in the process are, um, first of all, you've got to have a performance management system. Okay. Right. So, so you are, that's historic. You're measuring past performance. Yeah. Potential is, is estimating future performance. Yeah. How do you, how it's, do you. It's a forecast, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you need to understand what are the factors that you should be looking for that would lead to potential. Can you give me and an example? those things yeah. in general mm-hmm. are um, emotional intelligence. Mm-hmm. Having, having a, um, a high level of emotional intelligence, uh, learning agility, being able to learn mm-hmm. and grasp um, either new skills or new behaviors. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, motivation, mm-hmm. being motivated and um, taking initiative. Those, and I would have a conversation with with the company to, to really define what potential is for them. There's but generally- sorry, Beth, are you saying if you had those three things, you essentially have potential or not? Right. Okay. You, you have, you're demonstrating that you have potential. Right. Now, now the next step is, is okay, we've, um, in a succession planning uh, process, we, um, we may have some, uh, the CFO who is, is getting close to retirement. You know, mm-hmm. she's got three more years. Well, we have got um, somebody that we've identified that has high potential based on our criteria, but they have gaps. 
they need to be developed. Yep. So that's when it's really important to have a robust development planning process and a modern question. Process. You can't develop motivation or EQ. And no, I and that's one. right. So the, okay. So the, that, that person baseline. is considered high potential. Okay, got it. So okay. that's your baseline. Now it's like your gaps to be a CFO, CFO is some strategic finance, some leadership stuff, right? right. Now you're into exactly. the, that specific lane. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. The whole idea of succession planning is to have the right people on the bus mm -hmm. in the right seats at the right time mm. doing the right things. Right. Love that. Yeah. Right out of is it Jim Collins playbook, I think, right? <laughs> always mentioning that. Yeah. And so, okay. So once, once you've, and I forget the third, it's motivation, EQ. What was the third thing you said? Oh, um, there's a learning agility. That's learning agility, right. But there, okay. there can be additional ones based on the conversation that, that I have with, with the, the company leaders. But those three seem to be critical. Yes. Okay. And then once you've done that, then it's like, okay, Ron, you've got those three. You're motivated. You've got a learning agility. You'd like to learn and grow. And you've got a strong EQ. Uh, we'd like to see if you're interested in the next role. What does it look like? How do you figure out the gaps um, in, right. in the next level for me of where I want to go in the organization? If I'm a controller, I want to be the CFO. What, what does that look yeah. like? So um, there, there's, there are two, two types of assessments. Um, there's the skills. So for instance, the CFO, you know, yep. you've got a director of finance. Um, that person uh, may need um, training or mentoring from the CFO yep. and in specific areas like, you know, strategic finance or um, um, dealing with, with the banks, you know, those right. kinds of things. Yep. And, um, and then there's the um, behavioral aspects, the, the leadership competencies that there may be some gaps that, that he or she needs to develop. So, and that, that could be coaching or it could be training. Um, it could be a variety of, of ways to, to fill those gaps. And so once you've identified that, is it like this kind of robust plan? Is it? Yeah, it's a plan and you, and you know, obviously the, the high potential owns the plan. Um, it's, so I, I own the plan. Yeah. You own the plan, but it's, you know, co-created by you and, and your manager. Mm -hmm. Um, it's up to your manager to providing you with the resources, obviously, mm -hmm. you know, if you, if you need to go get your MBA, well, you know, that's something that the, you know, the company should, should help you out on. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's, it's having the, once you do the, once you create the plan, then you've got to monitor the plan. And, you know, there's, there's, there are people out there that do their one-to-one -one conversations on a, mm -hmm. a very routine basis with employees. But oftentimes I find that one-to-one -one conversation is, is focused on short-term um, and results. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's not around career conversations and development. Right. So I, I encourage and recommend leaders to have quarterly conversations that are specific to career and development. And, and so I'm just trying to visualize this. So as you walk down that path, is there this transparent, look, Ron, 
here's the gaps. Let's talk about this quarterly, but let's also, do we agree in advance if we can't get there in three quarters, we need to go outside and find someone? Like, what does that look like? Where yeah, you, where, that's, where's the line? That's, that's a really good question. Um, because that communicating to high potentials is, is very important and how you right. message. Uh, because, you know, if you, if you get to a larger organization, there may be two or three high potentials mm. that are vying for a one position. Now we might right. have a fist fight. We might have a fist fight. <laughs> well, that's what we do in Canada. If there's, we would fight that. <laughs> well, I'm in the South. We don't do, do fist fights. We should all go there. No, we, we just take a yeah, yes. You give nice food and like just right. warm hugs. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> So, yeah, what do you do in that case? You know, yeah, so, in both cases, more, you have more than one. That's a great point. More than one person going for the role and that transparent conversation of, look, Ron, right. let's get you here by then. Or, right. Um, and I say this, it, I'm going to be a lawyer here. It depends. Yeah. Right. It, it depends on your culture mm -hmm. and um, what people have seen as it relates to um, people moving up in the organization. I mean, one of the things that's important about succession planning is that people understand that there is a, a process that somebody just didn't become VP of finance. Right, right, of course. I, that, that, you know, there was, there was a process to it. Yeah, they were and an administrator it, at some point, a bookkeeper, whatever they did, they started somewhere. They started somewhere and um, there were certain steps they had to take in order to get to that next position. As it relates to multiple people vying for a, a single slot, mm -hmm. that's, that's when, you know, you can't make, you can't make promises. Right. Right. Um, what you can promise though is to, to develop them to their full potential that right. you're, you can you're promise to, to support invest. them right right exactly <clears throat> you're willing to invest in them and and it may be that um somebody somebody else gets the position mm -hmm. because they just weren't ready but they are they will be more ready for maybe additional projects you know mm -hmm. job enrichment um, maybe it's, Hey, you know what, if you do these things, you might have some options, right? You might be able to move over and in, into another division, another product line, that kind of thing. It's interesting. Um, <clears throat> not too long ago, we, we used a temporary agency to have an administrator come in, uh, to help us out. And then we were hiring for an office manager. And so we very transparently said, look, <clears throat> here's what the role looks like. Um, um, what we'd like to do is we're going to invite external candidates, but also you're in the job. You have a shot at this as well, but you'll also go through the interview process. Right. And it's funny. Uh, she was doing a great job internally, but we thought let's still go, let's be objective here about the process. And right. we did that. And it was tough because there's some really good candidates. And the question that we asked, which clarified things was, would you trade? Would you trade? Cause we've got someone doing the role. Would you trade? And, yeah. and every time we answered, no, we wouldn't trade. It was uh, someone named Valerie. We said, no, she's, we wouldn't trade for these people who have applied. 
that allowed us because we didn't have you know we did have internal and external fighting for the role what do you think about that process that makes sense is that not right what are you what are your thoughts i you know i think that if if you ask the question would you trade you've got to be clear about the um the competencies right right that you're, that you're looking for mm-hmm. yeah everyone has to be aligned with this is the role so this is what it's you know the competencies for the role like this is what performance looks like this is what they you know correct yeah so so competencies are behaviors right it's it's the how how do they get things done okay it's not so organized is do. a competency being Excuse organized me? would being organized be a competency it'd be a skill okay yeah it'd be a skill um the um a competency um, or organized actually could be both. It could be a skill and and a competency. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. Um, but but it's you know okay if if you've got a task to do, how do you go about doing it? Mm-hmm. Are uh, you doing uh, it? Are you I, are you getting it done through through people and your influence? Mm-hmm. Are you you know are you uh, just delegating it. You know, how are you getting that done? So the how is how you screen for the competency, right? right. Okay, I say I'm organized. Here's a tool. Okay, Ron, well, how do you, right. how, how do you, in your daily, you know, and I'm not organized, but how do you organize yourself? And I say, here's how I do it, right? Right, exactly. Yeah, and, and that gets into um, behavioral interviewing mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. you know, asking asking the 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 candidate for a time that um, they um, had to organize something, right? right. right? How'd they go about doing it, right? And I wanna go back to your succession chat about, okay, um, you're, you know, I'm, I'm the potential candidate, there's three of us going for this role. What does it look like when I haven't met it? What is that conversation? How do you keep me motivated and I didn't get the, the, the job? I didn't, right. I didn't get- so, that's why I, I tell people they should have quarterly conversations. It shouldn't be an annual conversation. There, you know, there's going to be a, a development plan with, with a time frame. And okay, so it does have a time frame. It should. Yeah, right. And the, and the time frame also has uh, metrics of, okay, how, how will we know that you actually accomplished, especially when it comes to behaviors, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it's easy for, okay, somebody um, needs to get their CPA. Well, you know, let's tick the box. They take the, the test and, and we're, we're on our way. But there's a lot more complexity as it relates to um, measuring uh, behave, changed behaviors. And, and, but I still want to push a little more on how do you keep me motivated? What does that conversation look like? So... I get it. You're telling me three quarters, Ron. You have to skill up here because uh, we need to make a decision. We need to, you know, move the organization in this direction. How do you keep me motivated if I can't? No, if I can't, that's, the, that's a trick question mm. because it's up to you to be motivated, in, intrinsically motivated. That comes from individual. you, right? Right. So you know, if if I'm having to to motivate you to, mm. to accomplish the, then, then you're not a high potential. 
Mm-hmm. So you think that's a, you're, it sounds like that's a clear sign back to yeah, that, you know, look at motivation. Right. Exactly. But isn't it just natural? I could be motivated, but you pick, you know, someone else for that role and I just feel deflated. Uh, okay. What, as it relates to that, okay, so let's say that, you know, there's, there's two, two people going down the same path and, um, and it's, we're getting down to the, to the end and yep. I've got to make a decision. Mm-hmm. And so I have to have that difficult conversation with you, right? right? Yeah. To, um, to re-motivate you. Right. That, right. So you've, you've been motivated all along, your, mm-hmm. your goals, but it's, it's not like, it's not a clear choice. I've got to, I've got to make a hard decision. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's a really difficult conversation to have. Mm-hmm. And that's why you don't want to promise anywhere along the line right. that you're going to, going to be getting that position. Mm-hmm. Just to um, show that, look, there's an availability and we'd, we, I would encourage you and support you. Right. And, you know, and, and there, there don't lie, but if there are other positions that might be coming down the line, let's, let's you and I work together to make sure that um, that next opportunity is yours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Got it. I, I had a question back to, I'll call it a mid-size, even small business. Mm-hmm. Cause you know, your succession about the CFO, I, I understand, but if I'm the entrepreneur and I don't have a CFO and I really need to get the controller to CFO level, but don't have someone there to help with succession, what do we do in that right. case? So, there are times when um, you're going to have to hire externally. Right, and just, right. Um, the succession planning process, the, the first thing that you do is you take your business plan. Mm-hmm. And if you have a good business plan, like uh, Vern Harnish uh, would. One page plan. Right, exactly. Yep. It's, it's three years out. Then you, make, you need to figure out, okay, what are the key positions that I'm going to need to have to execute that plan? Mm-hmm. I might find that um, I'm going to need a CFO and not just a director of finance. Right, right. And I look at the director of finance and it's clear to me that that person is, is not going to be skilled to get in three years to get to where he, he or she needs to be. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, so that's when you, you go and hire externally. Um, I had that happen with, with a um, client in Florida. They, they had three individuals in, in finance. Um, they, they do a payrolling and PEO. So there's taxes and it's mm-hmm. really complicated, Yep. but you know, he looked at, at, um, his pipeline and his talent. And it's like, you know, I don't have anybody that's going to, going right. to get there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It makes sense. Yeah. Interesting. Um, and then succession for the leader, you know, I always think about that myself and I always think of succession in, in, I guess a few different ways. I'm really great at some things and I'm awful at all kinds of things. And so I try to build success around the things I'm not good at because I feel like I'll still play a role in the organization. So some leaders are great salespeople. They aren't good at operations and they need to build success around that type of thing. Do you run into that a lot where someone has to really break 
their skills down and, and piece them off and build success around certain items versus a whole role? Well, I, th- I think that, you know, what, what you're talking about is, is building a team, yeah. right? You right. know, you, you, you know that you've got um, strengths and challenges and the challenges you need to have people around you to fill those. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, as it relates to, to your succession plan, and you preparing somebody in the organization to take your, your role on. That, that requires, um, number one, I always recommend that companies have a succession planning team. It's not, it's not just one person that is making the decision. Mm. Now, granted, if, if you're a company of 10, uh, of course. It, it's probably two people. Um, but do they have to have a certain skill set or just two people you, that are going to be want, you want somebody that understands the business plan right and right. and understands um the the infrastructure from a, a talent perspective that that you've got because you need to have things like you know development planning process performance management system um ability to to track your your talent and where where they are mm-hmm. as it relates to succession planning uh, but the team itself, they are the ones that own the process. Okay. They're responsible for making sure that a plan is created and it's executed. And that in on timely fashion every year, it's reviewed and adjustments are made if necessary. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In that plan. Is that in, in medium, small size business, does that sit with HR? Typically, I'm say that again. Does that say with HR? Would that be an HR function? Yes. Yeah, HR um, oftentimes is is involved. Generally, the small companies HR um, is very tactical. Right. Yeah. Which Not is why easy. oftentimes companies will find people like me mm-hmm. that will help them through the process. And that was my next question: is how, you know for companies that don't you know, succession planning is, is way over some of our heads. How do, how do you, how do you start that? Because it's at all levels. It's not just the leader. You need to build succession planning at your front lines and, yep. and different management. How, how should, where do we begin? You begin by um, bringing, getting your team together mm-hmm. and then doing a succession planning readiness assessment. Oh, tell me about that. So I, I have this as a free resource out on my website mm. and it steps the team, the succession planning team through a series of um, focus areas. Okay. So um, competency models, you know, do you have them? Uh, do you understand what your core competencies are? Do you know how to measure them? Those kinds of things. Does the then tool it, help you discover what they are or not? You need to know them. Yeah, this is this is more of identifying gaps okay. before you go go down the process. Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. a competency model is um, takes some rigor right. to put together. Yeah, yep. uh, but this this allows you to see where the gaps are in your organization um, foundation. I mean, it's mm-hmm. if you don't have a development planning process. What's the point of going through a succession planning mm. and identifying, you know, those individuals that need development 
Right. You don't have a process to track it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That's great. Uh, Beth, look, I really appreciate your insights. It's been a wonderful conversation. I love, I think that a lot of businesses don't really think about the succession planning uh, of their leaders and something we need to be thinking about. Yeah, I think um, one of the things that I've found with, with business owners mm-hmm. is um, they don't think about it because there's this fear right. of, well, what do I do right. after I've developed my successor? What's my, what's my life going to look like? Mm-hmm. And how do you help them through that? Oh, that's, that's a lot of coaching. Okay, yeah. right. Right. Yeah. I Getting see. them to, to envision what the future is going to look like, you know, what, what, right. What could it, mm. what could it be? Um, and the, the ones that, that get there are so much more enthusiastic around the succession planning process. Right. I, I remember back when I sold my first company, I was, I felt like, you know, the straight jacket, the handcuffs were off. It was like, oh my God, I could do anything now. You know, I'm out right. of this industry. I got really excited about that process. You know, I, I wasn't actually fearful. I was pretty, pretty excited. You well, know? good, good. Yeah. <laughs> well, Beth, thank you so much. Thanks for taking the time. I uh, appreciate all your insights and, uh, and good luck with everything. And I hope to keep in touch. Well, I, I appreciate it, Ron. Thank you so much. For more information on Beth, Executive Velocity, or anything else related to scaling culture, please see the show description. We'll be back next week with another incredible guest.